Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome alongside my friends here, Ramona Shelburne, hey. Matt Barnes, and Raz Goldanwude. I'm George Sedano. Welcome into NBA Today. We have a jam-packed show this afternoon, but we'll start with some news out of Brooklyn. The Nets are bolstering their backcourt by adding former Heat and Raptors guard Goran Dragic. Sources tell ESPN's agent Wojnarowski that Brooklyn is waiving Javon Carter to make a roster spot for Dragic, and Nets head coach Steve Nash will be reunited with his former son's teammate in Dragic. So, very quickly, the Nets have gone from virtually no depth to having plenty of depth. Matt, we'll start with you since you played with Goran. How much does this move boost Brooklyn? Great move. This is a great security blanket. There's so many still moving parts in New Jersey, or excuse me, Brooklyn, with, you know, how is. Uh, I do ben, it all the time, too, by the way, so don't worry ben, about it. How's Ben Simmons going to yeah. fit in? Is Kyrie playing at home or not? There's just a lot of moving parts. And again, I think the relationship mm-hmm. that Steve established with Goran when we were all teammates in Phoenix, um, he really went out and knew what kind of player uh, Goran's got, uh, turned into. You know, a, a tested battle warrior. He's been in, in, been in all the fires and knows how to handle himself. So again, this is going to be interesting to see with Ben Simmons and Kyrie where Goran's minutes are going to fit. But to me, this is a good problem to have for Phoenix. Or, Brooklyn, excuse me. You got it. It's okay. I'm all off the it's map early. this morning. It's early. Excuse me. <laughs> For me, I'm old school. I, I, I don't like the idea of a turn on a switch mentality. I believe in building uh, habits, uh, consistency over a season. When I look at the Nets, there's a lot of talent, but I can't necessarily tell you what version of the Nets we're going to see from right. one game to the next. And that has to do with Kyrie's availability or Ben Simmons, what version of him mentally or physically we're going to see. And KD's hurt. I mean, I know who KD is, but his availability matters too. So Goran brings some stability. Here's somebody who can stretch the court, who's a veteran presence, who understands culture, remember heat culture, um, can bring leadership, can be a playmaker. And I think for a coach and Steve Nash, it's important to have your people have an extension of you and your voice speaking to the team. So he played with Goran, so that could be like a nice partnership there through the players. Oh, I don't think there's any question about all these things that you guys have mentioned, Ramona. I would also add it's kind of Kyrie insurance, too. Because yeah. Kyrie, over the next 23 games, will only be available for eight because of the rules in New York City and Toronto. Yeah, well, I mean, when, when Goran Dragic is one of the top candidates here on the buyout market, there was a lot of teams after him. Milwaukee, uh, Golden State, the Clippers, the Lakers. I don't know if you can count them as contenders, but those are yeah, a lot of options here. Um, and the reason he wanted to go to Brooklyn is, one, the relationship with Steve Nash. Steve was like his mentor, as you know, Matt, from those, from those years in Phoenix. Uh, but two, they don't have a true number one point guard 
guard, like a, a true one, and he really fits that role. He's not worried. Seth Curry's not not really a one. Ben Simmons is kind of a hybrid. Kyrie in and out, not not necessarily a, a true point guard. Um, and so I think this is an opportunity for him to just to have a, a pretty big role on a championship contending team and be there, as you say, because Kyrie's not necessarily going. Also, to. keep in mind he can play off the ball too. Yeah. You know what I mean. So to me, a great pickup for. Um, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. There you go. Well, and, 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 and George, honestly, the other thing, too, Ben Simmons, from what I'm told, is going to really ramp it up this week and see where he's at at the end of the week. But he's getting close. I, I don't think it's going to it's going to be more like weeks rather than months. Right. And you've got another player now on this Nets team where if anybody gets it, they can go with it. Yeah. And that also helps the versatility, the ability to get on the get out on the break and make things happen quickly in offense, even before a defense sets up right. with all these playmakers. And specifically with Goran, we may all remember in 2016 when he was traded Ooh. to the Heat. Yeah. At that time, I believe his agent was Bill Duffy, if I recall correctly. And the targets were New York City, any of the New York teams, any of the L.A. teams, or Miami. So I I think that plays a role in this, too, alongside all the things that that we've discussed. But a team that had no depth a month ago is (laughs) very deep now. And again, with a healthy KD and Kyrie figuring his situation out, they put themselves right back where everyone thought they should be to begin with. And this, this picture behind me? He didn't even play in the Raptors unit. Can we get, can we get like, a Heat or a Suns jersey or something in there? No, they got to do a returning video yeah, when yeah. it comes back. One of those salute videos they do for great yeah. players. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Speaking of the Suns, though, a former, uh, from a couple of former Suns point guards to a current point guard, their point god, Chris Paul, and, you know, the news isn't good with him. He'll be sidelined for the next six to eight weeks with an avulsion fracture in his right thumb, first reported by TNT and confirmed by ESPN. NBA Today host, our friend Malika Andrews, spoke to Paul's teammate, Devin Booker, over the weekend. Let's take a listen. You know, obviously, you know, you can't, not one person or two people can make up what what he does on the court. Um, You know, so everybody just has to give in a little bit more. You know, I got to be a louder, a louder uh, speaker, a louder leader. So, you know, you have to pick up everything. You know, I can't pass the ball as well as him. Um, None of us can, but... We have to keep the ball popping, keep passing around, make sure everybody's involved. So there's a lot. I like I like him when he's out there. All right, you can catch Malika's conversation with Devin Booker and more of the NBA All-Stars all week here on NBA Today. But with Chris Paul not on the court, defenses can focus on Devin Booker. This season, Booker's shots have been contested 97% wow. of the time when Paul isn't playing, which would be the highest mark in the league amongst players with 100 attempts. So, Raz, starting with you, obviously – not a season-ending injury, but we'll take them to the brink of the right, regular right. season here. So how do you feel this could affect the Suns? I mean, this is not a one-trick pony team in the Suns. This is a team that has been building a winning culture since the 2020 bubble. And they also have a lot of confidence coming from that finals run. So, you know, I, I was actually at the All-Star game yesterday in Cleveland. I had a chance to talk with Devin Booker. We were watching the top 75 players honored at halftime. I go up to Devin. I said, have you ever... Have you started to think about what that top 100 list might look like? Do you want to be on it? And he said, I've actually started to think. I've already thought about it. I want to be on it. I've talked about it with players. In fact, he was standing next to Luka Doncic and Carl Anthony Towns. And during that moment, he said, I told them, we've got to make the top 100 list. So here's a guy who's saying, I want to take on this challenge. Here's an opportunity to do that with Chris Paul Arts. Chris Paul out. And I also think that uh, Devin Booker is tougher than we tend to give him credit for. I think of the guy with the broken nose who was playing in the playoffs. I'm high on him, and I think this is an opportunity to show just how strong of a leader he is. Look, 
campaign's going to be coming back fairly soon. Mm -hmm. They have the depth to do that. They also have young guys who've been learning from Chris Paul for the past two years. And they have, as you mentioned, Devin Booker, who, if you won't know Book, like, he's so respectful of, of Chris Paul. He's so, he has such a respect for him. And when we all talk about who's the MVP of the Suns, I, I think maybe I jinxed him. I don't know. I was talking <laughs> about Chris Paul as MVP last, last week after that game against the Clippers. But Devin Booker's right up in that conversation. And Devin has so much respect for him, he would never say, like, oh, I'm the MVP. This is time for MVP Book. Yep. This is time for yep. Booker to play like we all know he can and not necessarily have to be deferential to his older mentor. This team has created a cushion by how well they play. So for mm -hmm. them, to go, if they go 500, they'll still win 60 games. So I don't really see them sliding too far in the standings. And I agree with what you guys said. They've been building momentum for this, for this, for this opportunity. But this team doesn't go anywhere without Chris Paul in the playoffs. Uh, oh, right. Okay. With, with all due respect. That's a good you know, again, 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 Regular season. Regular season, they're fine. Like I said, cool. they can go 12 and 12 if they have 24 games, I'm not mistaken. That'll right. put them at 60 wins. So I don't see them sliding out of the one or two mm -hmm. position. But Chris is the heart and the soul of this team. And one thing you heard about what Devin Booker said, his leadership. Chris's numbers are still great for his age. But it's the un the stuff we don't see all the time because I have a chance to play with them where he's these young players have really bought into who Chris is and his leadership. And that's why he brings out the best in all these guys. So, again, you saw this, this chart, 97% of his shots are, you know, defended when Chris is down on the floor. It's definitely going to take an MVP-level book. But, again, they need him in the playoffs to make any kind of noise. To jump in here, though, let, like, let's point out, um, I agree, I don't think without Chris Paul can they get to win a championship. Yeah. However, this Suns team has won key important playoff games without him. So they, they have the mm -hmm. depth, they have the tools to continue to be successful, but I don't think they win a championship without him. I, I was at the All-Star game. I spoke with Chris Paul before he went on the court, and um, he actually wanted to just get out there to feel the court. And he had a soft, a soft wrap on his hand. Um, he has a hard cast for it. I asked, he's had four hand surgeries already, mm -hmm. and I asked, how would you assess this injury with that? And he was like, I'm just glad I don't have to get surgery. He told me he cannot move the thumb or the hand at all, and he does have swelling. I actually was concerned. I was like, could you possibly get hurt on the court? You know, right. what if you get hit that hand? And he said he would stay out of the way. But he, um, you know, has noticeable swelling and can't move it. Yeah, thankfully in the All-Star game, there's not much defense being played until the last couple of minutes <laughs> yeah, of the I'm game. Although I'm sure the Suns were thrilled he was out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably not. Well, he got so emotional with <laughs> all the legends. Yeah, of he course. to get on the court. Of course. That yeah. makes yeah. all the sense his, his I was all, nervous His, his All-Star clock is winding down, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With all due respect to his greatness, you yeah. know, you never know when your last time is. So he definitely wanted to touch the court. And here's what I'll add. If you look back last season when he had the shoulder injury, right? Like, there were, like, four or five games there. He couldn't even lift his arm above, like, you know, his, where his shoulder yeah. would yeah, be. So we know he'll tough it out if he has to come playoff time. All right. Still to come, just a couple of kids from Akron showing out in the land, reliving Steph's 50-burger and bronze game winner next. Plus, speaking of the king, is his future with the Lakers potentially in flux after some eye-opening comments over the weekend? And the dunk contest was wasn't great, but there were still some ridiculous throwdowns this weekend. Ja, Miles Garrett, who did it better? NBA Today rolls on. <laughs> NBA Today is brought to you by FX's Snowfall. New season returns Wednesday, 10 p.m. on FX. Stream on Hulu. Let's go! This is what happens. They let us ride. Let us ride golf. Golf carts through here. Yeah, 
NBA Today is live from Cleveland, Ohio, home of the 2022 NBA All-Star Game. We're in Cleveland. Janae's here. Richard and Perk aren't paying attention, but they will eventually. I will say. How I'm happy are you to be? Stop. Yeah. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not looking at it though, right? You're looking at us. <laughs> me and Janae are big singers on the show. You should let me love you. <laughs> let me be the one to Oh, snap. <laughs> 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 in Cleveland so fun. Our entire squad, I'm Malika Andrews saying thank you and make sure to enjoy All-Star 2022 from Cleveland. <laughs> hey, we, me and Perk don't like each other. I don't <laughs> yeah, understand we do. what's the point. No, oh, we, we don't. Do. Yeah, we now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. As you saw there, just an awesome few days in the land, and the crown jewel of the weekend was the game itself. Back here with Ramona and Roz. we got to talk about Steph Curry, Woo! your 2022 All-Star MVP. My goodness, 16 three-pointers. Yeah, that's a single-game All-Star record, obviously. So, Roz, <laughs> what was your reaction to the performance as it was happening? So, first of all, Stephen Curry won over that relentlessly booing oh, Cleveland yeah. crowd. They were giving it to him. him all weekend by, like, halfway towards the second half of yeah. that game. I mean, everybody was in on Steph. They right. gave it up. They was like, forget that championship y'all won here. <laughs> like, like, they were everybody. Uh, the legends. It was just, it was his show. He was scintillating. I actually think that Steph is one of the greatest entertainers of our generation, and that transcends sports even. For me personally, yeah. it's Michael Jackson. Beyonce. Whoa. Beyonce. Whoa. Stephen Curry. Oh, wow. Wow. Beyonce Curry. Wow. wow. Hey, Michael Jordan and LeBron are, are looking at this TV going, what? What did she just say? Wow. Look, have you ever seen a No Look 3 before? Because that's what he was. He does, he does all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But that one was cool. Yeah. That one was yeah. really cool. Yeah. The one where he turned around and was like, he was, and yeah. Yeah. was looking Got at him. Got it. Like, really, man? Yeah. Like. Well, let's listen to Steph after the game. Let's take a listen. <laughs> like, obviously, you know, I'm going to come in and shoot a lot of threes, but I got hot early. And then the avalanche started and kind of put on a little bit of show and it was fun. Like there's a good energy in here, even though I got booed earlier. Um, and obviously I've been in this building a lot. So it was cool. Like this whole night was special. Looking forward to the top 75 team, getting out and playing, you know, with, with the best guys in the league and to win an MVP for me, like that was special, especially with the Kobe trophy. Such an honor that being the first year. And um, I'm glad to take it home. This guy is uh, from a different planet. Um, he literally has uh, an automatic sniper connected to his arm, and when he lets it go, not only uh, himself, but everybody on the floor, in the stands, on TV, on their phones, whatever you're watching on, you think it's going in every time. Nine times out of ten, sometimes ten times out of ten, it does go in. 
My favorite one was when he did like one that was a three. It looked like a floater. Yeah. He like yeah. leg kicked it and just like lobbed it up there. All right, not to be outdone in his home state. LeBron called for the rock when the game was on the line and delivered on Sunday. Hit a fadeaway over Zach Levine and Joel Embiid to give Team LeBron a 163-160 win. Here's LeBron after the game. I couldn't have dreamt it. I could not have dreamed of that moment any better than the actuality that just happened. For me to be here today, uh, for my best friends, um, to be here for my wife and my kids and my family, my mom, and so many people that um, seen me grow from a, a, a really a young toddler to who I am today. It was a, I couldn't even, I couldn't picture that moment any better. He wanted the ball. Uh, we all knew that he was going to shoot it, fade away, you know. He wanted to win for the school. I mean, that's why he, he was going so hard in the fourth. That's why everybody was going hard for the fourth. So um, just seeing that go in, just seeing the crowd erupt in his hometown, it was cool to see. Okay, so we just hit on Steph, LeBron, and haven't even mentioned the halftime ceremony yet, which begs the question, what will this All-Star Sunday be most remembered for? So, Big Perk, I see you're off that golf cart with RJ. Uh, so what do you make of the yeah, weekend? Yeah, what was the I thing that stuck, stuck out the most? Well, I, I mean, besides the dunk contest being the worst ever, right, in the yeah. history of, of the NBA, <laughs> I, I must say it, it has to it had to be Steph Curry. Like, when you think about Steph Curry, and, and I heard Rise talk about, you know, Michael Jackson and Beyonce for his entertainment, but we would never, ever, ever, ever see another Steph Curry in our lifetime. When we talk about the greatest shooter of all time, it would never be another him. And I know we always say, you know, records are made to be broken and there will be someone 50 years down the line that will come. We always said that somebody would be probably better than Mike. They will have another center better than Shaquille O'Neal. They would never have another Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And I think what he put on after getting booed and turned those boos into cheers, that showed the definition of the Mamba mentality. And that's the reason he deserved, because of his play and the way that he came and approached it, I, I applaud him because he deserved that trophy. He earned it. And I just wanted to give him his flowers. For me, it was uh, the halftime ceremony. And again, I was in Cleveland and seeing all of the top 75 players in one place at one moment and one time, I really tried to be present with it. And, and also, if you're being thoughtful about it, th this 75-year window of the league, it's a very special, unique moment in time where the majority of these players are, are alive, you know? Like, when we come back and do the next 25, and we look at, you know, the top 100 list, we may be mourning a lot more of these players. So it's a very unique moment in time that I, I certainly did not take for granted, that to watch the brotherhood amongst different generations of legends in the NBA. And then another thing that stood out to me was, I watched all the different crowd roaring and appreciation of all the different players as they came out, and I was like, who's closing it out after, after Magic? And then, like a bald head emerged, and it was, and it was, it was Michael Jordan, and the place went nuts. It was like, you know, we do all these debates about who's the greatest ever or top five lists. It was really clear in that moment when MJ walked out that, you know, there's, there's a lot of elite, amazing guys, but. That's Michael Jordan. It was crazy. And it wasn't just fans. It was the other legends. It was players and coaches. Many people in that arena actually were under the impression that Michael Jordan would not be showing up. So it was a really nice surprise. Well, also, 
Did they forget how many times he broke their hearts in Cleveland? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I still can see Clearly that. not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, for me, there were so many great moments, but Carl Towns winning the three-point contest. The three-point contest was the highlight of Saturday night. Am I like, that, can, we, can we end with the three-point contest? Because that was way better than dunk contest. But first big man to win the three-point contest, and he was on a roll. Like, he hit 29. That was that was tough for everyone. I thought Luke Kennard, Trey Young, they were right on his heels, but he put that bar so high, no one was going to top him. To have a big man out there, that's, that is that is awesome to win the three-point contest in that spot, especially putting up a number like that. Yeah, and he did it with the chain with yeah. his mom's name on it, which yeah, was awesome to see, obviously, as well. He says that now he, they're even more connected uh, than they were. And then, of course, for me, we got to talk about the finale, the man who closed it out, King James, yeah. Perk's old yeah. teammate, all right, closing that thing out <laughs> in Cleveland. I thought D. Wade nailed it. He built those rims. He knows how those rims work, and he took care of business in the fourth quarter with the Elam ending, which obviously we love, like that thing. That needs to be in the midseason tournament when they yeah. do that, by the way. I'm just, that's just a suggestion I saw on Twitter by our guy Trevor Lane, who covers the Lakers. But, yes, it is King James and closing it out on top of all the things that you guys have already mentioned. All right, Mm -hmm. speaking of which, up next on NBA Today, what King James didn't say about his GM, Rob Palenka, and what he did say about playing with his son, Bronny. Don't miss that, and don't miss our ideas for how we can improve slash enhance that dunk contest Perk was talking about. Hear us out, okay? Just chill. Plus, Mike and Magic (laughs) had some classic battles in their playing days. Is the rivalry renewed? What Jordan said to Magic last night, you got to hear it. So stay tuned to NBA Today. Dwayne on the runway. Bob Williams was the first black player of the prestigious Lakers franchise. In 2015, he and his wife Marietta were able to meet and speak with Kobe Bryant, who told him, thank you so much for paving the way. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. I think it's safe to say the most surprising thing that came out of All-Star Weekend was LeBron not even cracking the door, but rather swinging it wide open when it came to speculation about his future. For example, what do we make of this soundbite? The MVP over there is Sam Preston. He the MVP. I mean, Josh Giddy is great. But Sam Preston, I don't understand this guy's eye for talent. He drafted KD. Russ, Jeff Green, Sergi Bakker, Reggie Jackson, um, Josh Giddy, and the list goes on and on and on. This guy's pretty damn good. But wait, LeBron didn't stop there. With the All-Star game taking place in his home state and the arena he used to call home, LeBron stuck with the door theme when asked about a possible return to Cleveland. James on that topic said, quote, The door's not closed on that. I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing. I don't know. I don't know what my future holds. So much to unpack there. But, Ramona, let's start with you. The biggest storyline coming out of the many, many LeBron comments is? Uh, That. (laughs) Look, it's not so much LeBron saying he could go back to Cleveland. It's this idea that LeBron is frustrated with the Lakers for not making a move at the trade deadline. He's not hiding it. Obviously, he's frustrated with what they did not do at the trade deadline. Uh, But let me call something right now. He's not looking to leave Los Angeles. I've I've checked on every planet LeBron. (laughs) He's not. LeBron wants to stay with the Lakers. He's not going anywhere. He just wants them to do more for him. And He's under contract through next year. 
And this is, you know, part of this is, of course, he signed off on the Russell Westbrook situation. Um, they're trying to make this work. But if you back up, this is not the first time the Lakers have said no to something LeBron wants them to do. Go all the way back to the coaching search before they hired Frank Vogel. Tyron Lue was his choice. Ty LeBron has, a, repu has a, a long history with Tyron Lue. The Lakers did not hire him. Then there was Monty Williams, who they, didn't, who they got deep into negotiations with. But Frank Vogel ended up being the choice. Now, LeBron showed up to that press conference. He showed up and supported Frank Vogel. He's fine with it. But you go back in time. This is not the first time the Lakers have said no. And it's just the last time. And now LeBron's leverage is, I can talk and say things like this that make them and everyone else talk about it. It's slightly <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, let me ask you guys this. And, Matt, I'll start with you. Does this get, like, do you feel like this is maybe LeBron saying, hey, I'm drawing the line in the sand here. It's me or him because it feels like he's painting Palinka in a bad light, right? So, Matt, I'll start with you. I think I, I think it was kind of a shot at Palinka with all the praise for uh, Pressy. But at the end of the day, I love the fact that rarely do we get to see a player control his final destination. And if any player ever deserved to do that, I think it's LeBron James. So I love that he's keeping every single door open. He's keeping the Lakers on their toes. He's keeping Cleveland on their toes. And then we'll talk about it later, but he's throwing his son in the mix. And that's where he wants to play. So again, a lot of messages, but everything you got to remember with LeBron is very strategic. So he may just be throwing stuff out there, but he knows a lot more than he's telling, and I can't wait to see where everything happens. Perk, I'm going to save you for last because I know that you've got plenty to say on this, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. But let's introduce our friend Mark Spears from The Undefeated joining us here. Uh, Mark, what do you make of this situation with LeBron? Well, I think Cleveland is playing on it real, real well, man. When I was at the game, first of all, like Perk knows that mural across the street. It was a Nike ad, but LeBron was back on it. And then before the game, he did his chalk thing. Yeah. He does it in L.A., but it's different. Like, they're waiting for it. So he throws the chalk up, and it's this exclamation of screams and excitement that you only get in Cleveland, right? And Perk, you know this because you played there. He made a basket. They played I'm the plug. Breaking future. When they used to do that for him. Every time he made a basket, yep. and whether it was a pregame for the All-Star game, top 75 or the game-winning shot, they roared as if he was still playing there. So I, I wonder if he felt a little nostalgic and, and was reminded about how much he means to the city of Cleveland and how much money he made them that mm -hmm. this weekend as well. Um, starts thinking about Cleveland again, I think this weekend probably will be embedded in his mind. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I, I agree. Look, everybody made great points. Here, here's one thing that I look at when the first thing is that we hadn't seen LeBron smile that much this entire season yeah. since Space Jam, right? He was having a great time in the moment, right? And now it's back to reality, back to the Lakers, back to them struggling, back to them not winning games. But it's a couple of things, right? Yes, he was shooting a shot at Rob Palenka, but I also thought 
at that point of time that he was praising Sam Presti, it was a point that he could have made of also praising and giving flowers to Troy Weaver. That's right. I love Sam Presti. Sam Presti definitely have an eye for the game. But at the same time, Troy Weaver was that guy sitting right next to Sam Presti when he named all those guys that were drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think when a guy like LeBron James have an opportunity to speak with, that has power and he has the opportunity to speak, especially when we're trying to get, you know, African-Americans in those front office jobs as leaders, although Troy Weaver is in a front office job, but it's great to acknowledge him to let the world know that, hey, he's doing the same thing as the other guy. And I thought Braun missed the golden opportunity right there to acknowledge that person in that situation. Ramona, you wanted to weigh Yeah, in? that's a great point, Perk. I was thinking the same thing with, with Troy Weaver and also Scott Perry, who was in that front office at the same time they were drafting a lot of those guys. Um, Scott Perry's in New York now. Troy Weaver's in Detroit. Um, the other thing with, with LeBron and this Lakers team is, look, there was David Benham had a story last week where Rob Polink said there's an alignment between the Lakers front office with Anthony Davis and LeBron James in terms of they were on board with this idea that they weren't going to make any moves. There's a difference between telling LeBron or Anthony Davis, like, we don't have anything, we're trying to get some stuff done and not getting it done, um, and them being okay with it. And I think that's kind of where this this alignment idea came into play. And David Benner wrote that, no, there's not an alignment. Um, <laughs> yeah, he used the word totally false was the quote from the source. <laughs> and, yes. and I think that's really the, the relationship that – the Lakers need to work on going forward, which is, as you know, LeBron, LeBron wants to win. Wherever he has been, and Brian Windhorst has a great story about this on ESPN right now, wherever he has been, he delivers. Like, that's how you go to the finals every single year. You put a lot of pressure on the organization. Now, there was a choice they had in the offseason between Buddy Heald, Russell Westbrook, and DeMar DeRozan. The Lakers chose Russell mm -hmm. Westbrook, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis were part of that choice. But one of the other choices, DeMar DeRozan, never got to that point because the Lakers were unwilling to go three years, which is what he ended up getting in Chicago, on a new contract for DeMar. So this is, you, you, at the time, it was okay because they had the Westbrook option, and that was what everyone was on board with. But when things don't go well, you go circle back and you think about the things that they've said no on or the things they didn't deliver on. And that's where I think a lot of this frustration comes from. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you get into business with LeBron James, you got to push your chips to the center of the table every opportunity you get. That yeah. is the deal you make when you get into business with LeBron James. And it feels like there is, again, a line drawn in the sand, not just by LeBron, but I would say prior to that by the Lakers, right? When you look at the Lakers yeah. drawing the line on Russell Westbrook now, it almost feels like, hey, okay, that – you got you reported Ramona yep. you guys figure it out right like you guys got yourself yep. into this you guys figure it out well, wait a second. I, I get the sense that if I'm LeBron and his camp, I'm looking at it as, well, wait a second. I thought we were aligned. I thought we were a team. Now it's us. We, we're the ones that have to figure it out. We didn't tie you up to a chair and put a phone to your ear to make the deal with Washington for Russell Westbrook. So I do feel like there is a little, I mean, not a little, a big disconnect, Ramona, between these two sides at the there's moment. There's a disconnect, but there's also the sense of LeBron and AD were fine with the Westbrook trade. They were. They were but so were the in, Lakers. Right, and so were the Lakers. Right. So I think there is a sense organizationally, which is there was an alignment in the summer, and, and we can revisit the, how they got to that place in the summer, but there was an alignment in the summer, and the Lakers essentially said at the trade deadline, there will be better options in the offseason. This is the team we have right now. It's, they don't want to mortgage their future with draft picks and extra luxury tax to make a change for change's sake. And there's well, some... Was there, there's, was there ever... 
opportunity to get John Wall, though. Did, did LeBron want John Wall? Like, I've never really heard it. There, there was an opportunity to get John Wall, but they would have had to incentivize the trade. They would have had to. The 2027 yeah, yeah, pick. But, yeah. but to me, like, you're trying to win a championship with him. Give up the pick. Like, yeah. why are you fighting for this pick? Perk, real quick, like, go the ahead. The window is small. Mm-hmm. Pick, if you think John Wall is going to push the, you the, over, the, I think they should have made that trade. Well, there, there's yeah, some debate but, about but whether John Wall puts him over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but here's the here's the thing, right? We talk about put like pushing forward and putting all the yeah. chips and trying to win. They did that this offseason by acquiring Russell yeah. Westbrook. We have to realize they gave up some mm-hmm. valuable pieces. Like Caldwell Pope, Caldwell Pope was real valuable to them. They yeah. took Alex Caruso for granted. And so at the end of the day, nobody thought that Russell Westbrook would come to the Lakers, a top seventy five a player of all time and struggle the way that he did. So, it, uh, like, my whole thing is is that, yes, Rob Palinka has some blame to it, but let's not act like Anthony Davis and LeBron James oh, no. went behind yep. this as well. And I would have pushed forward too, but nobody knew that Russ was going to struggle the way that he's struggling right now. Nobody would have ever thought that. No, agreed wholeheartedly. I just think that both sides are pointing fingers when everybody should be on the same page and then – Things went haywire after uh, the trade deadline, clearly, as we've seen. All right, we'll get, I'm sure there'll be plenty more drama with the Lakers as the season progresses. Still ahead, revisiting some jaw-dropping moments from the weekend, which made our top of the top, plus our crew on how to enhance the real slam dunk contest. Stay tuned here on NBA Today. I just made a way for myself from my west Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. All right, the dunk contest. Let's just be kind and say it was tough to watch, okay? Oh, man. Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Juan Toscano-Anderson, although I love Juan Toscano-Anderson's uh, gear that he had on. Wow. Uh, all struggled throughout the event. By Wait, the end this of the... Is, this highlight is messed up. Y'all wrong for this. By the end of the night, Nick, Nick's forward Obi Toppin walked away with the trophy, but that was after long stretches of missed dunks and inactivity. But prior to the dunk contest, T-Wolves big man, Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point competition, edging out Trey Young and Luke Kennard in the final round. According to Caesar Sportsbook, Towns had the longest odds out of all the participants in that competition at 13 to one. The three-point contest was awesome. The dunk contest, eh, not so much. So Perk, I'll start with you. What adjustments would you make to All-Star Weekend as a whole? Well, well, first of all, I would put the dunk contest first and put the three-point contest last because it was more exciting. Preach. And then I think St- Stephen, a., Stephen A. brought up a good point this morning. 
He said his adjustments to the dunk, dunk contest, since the stars don't want to participate, the guys that we really want to see, he said that he would actually go get the guys that are like in the local neighborhoods or playing in other leagues <laughs> Wait, that are what? off the streets. And it, no, 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 but no, but it's a it's a it's a real idea because if you go like on Instagram and things to that nature, it's a lot of people mm, out there that really are doing dunking. some really fantastic dunking. dunks. Yeah. And so that's really dunking it that will really put on the show. I would rather see this than what we saw on Saturday night. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I was like, okay, like. I would like I would like to see that. That was a pretty good idea. Let me be the bleeding heart here, okay? In defense of some of these guys, and it, no, it, sh it needs to be better, and people have to be able to complete dunks. But I, I spoke with Cole Anthony and a number of the guys, and the hardest part of this is the creativity aspect of coming up with dunks that nobody's seen before. And so these guys are out there trying to come up with like wild new concoctions. I mean, if Jalen Green came, like actually came through on some of those dunks, we would have been mind blown. But so many have been done, so they're struggling to find new ways to excite the crowd instead of maybe going with more doable and simple dunks. I will give a shout out to Cole Anthony who came out with the Tims. I'm from Queens, New York. He represented See, for I New Yorkers. I didn't get that though. You're, but you I don't know what New York no, is? No, I get that, but if it was in Madison Square Garden, I got it, but I didn't get it Where in are Cleveland. Where you from? I'm from, I'm from California. That's why you yeah. don't get it. No, but yeah. I get it. But that's the everybody, majority of people. Yeah. Anybody, that's why you needed somebody <laughs> on the it. mic from New York who yeah. could explain. No, but Kenny Smith did a good job, right. I thought. Yeah. He tried. He tried. It's very New York. Like New Yorkers do everything in Tims. Look at this guy doing the dunk contest. But he missed him. He missed the bunch. Fair. I like the idea because you see a lot of talent, but at the end of the day, I think they have to find a way to incentivize these guys to want to dunk. And you, people don't want to hear it, but at the end of the day, if we want to see the best product, we got to incentivize these guys and make it worth their time. It was really, and I agree with Roz to, to some extent, these guys, I, I feel like they got caught up in trying to be so creative. Because when you look at Jalen Green, he's obviously one of the most athletic guys in the league. Um, you know, Juan Toscano did his thing. Obi Toppin, to me, just wasn't dunking hard enough. But I just think you have to find a way to incentivize. And the guy we're showing on the screen right now, has to be. And what did he say? He said the rim's not high enough for him yeah. to be in the slam dunk contest. So, unfortunately, we saw better dunks in the game than we yeah. saw in the slam dunk contest. And yeah. you've got to keep it real. Like we said, you know, it, the bar's continuing to raise so high. After what Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon did as a competition mm -hmm. against each other, it's going to be tough for anyone to come behind that. So they're going to really have to go out there and get these guys somehow, some way. And money always talks, Park. Well, to incentivize, to incentivize, to your point, the winner of the home run derby in Major League Baseball gets a million dollars. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's, there is certainly a precedent for uh, that in, money, in other yeah, sports. There's some so. money to be thrown out. I mean, the NBA is not broke. Yeah. All right, still to come, the commissioner's thoughts on players demanding trades. Can anything be done to remedy those situations? That's next on NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. 
The NBA rolled out the red carpet for its 75th anniversary team last night. This might be the greatest collection of basketball players ever assembled really in one room. So it was mostly good vibes with a sprinkle of awkwardness mixed in. We'll get to that in a minute. Mark Spears, senior writer for The Undefeated, joins us here. You were in the building, Mark. What was that like? Oh, man, it, it was beautiful, but I think Magic said it best before we got to Cleveland that it was going to be bittersweet because Kobe Bryant wasn't there. And he mentioned that last year when they had the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, that was delayed for the class of 2020, just made it tough that Kobe wasn't there. And and obviously, uh, with his passing, um, they, they missed him dearly. And I talked to Gary Payton, top 75 player, to now the head coach at Lincoln University, and he he said that's all the, the guys were talking about behind the scenes. Man, if Kobe was here, how much would he have enjoyed this? It's not the same without Kobe. And so uh, I, I think there was certainly a lot of excitement and love in the building and magic in Jordan and, and you know, uh, Dennis Rodman behind the scenes didn't take the team photo for some odd reason. There's a lot of other stories, but not having Kobe there bit of damper on what was a beautiful night yeah I, I would agree I mean I kind of summed it up as like it was you know amazement it was happiness it was sadness because of Kobe and, and certainly a lot of nostalgia now speaking of nostalgia not everyone is as nostalgic about those Celtics days there were some awkward moments there as we saw Ray Allen walk by as he's getting introduced LeBron does his signature point to the ground and gave Ray some dap uh, but meanwhile, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were a little awkward there, specifically Garnett kind of looking up into the sky, kind of almost like a clenched fist, like he didn't even see Ray walking by him or didn't want to acknowledge Ray walking by him. When can these Celtics get over this Ray thing, man? Uh, it's it's sad, man. You know, I had the honor of covering that team for the Boston Globe, and, and they did have a quick video clip last night of when Ray, Paul, KG were in Rome in the preseason at the Coliseum, and there's just some strength, beautiful big three, and they won a championship together. But after Ray decided to go to Miami, and a lot of people forget that Jason Terry got added to that Celtics team, which played a role in him wanting to go, they haven't been on the same page. They had this odd vacation doing a 10-year reunion with the players, and, and Ray wasn't invited. And the Celtics wanted to do a 10-year thing, didn't come into fruition. But I think that would have been a really good time for them to get things on the same page. Doc Rivers, I'm sure he would have helped out. Paul Pierce, he's cool with Ray. He's cool with everybody. He wants to get together. But, you know, KG and Rondo and Ray, they're just not on the same page. I, I wish Perk was on this segment to talk about it. But they had such a great team, man. And I, I hope somehow, some way, they could let bygones be bygones and figure this out. Yep, I hope so too. Yeah, Paul was uh, was certainly not very awkward. He just he acknowledged kind of Ray, kind of looking him as he walked past, as he walked by him. But yeah, the KG thing was definitely not but ideal. I, hey, let me say this real quick too. Then they had a picture, right? And it was Parrish, Mikael, Tatum, KG, Pierce, Ray. Right. Yeah, that's weird for sure. Mark Spears, thank you, man. Appreciate it as always. Thank you so much. Thanks, George. All right, there he is, Mark Spears with us here. All right, leading up to the All-Star weekend, the talk of the league was the Simmons for Harden trade. Adam Silver addressed the deal on Saturday, saying no teams have filed an official complaint and there are no plans for an investigation. But obviously the commissioner did express some concern over how the league could ensure players honor their contracts in the future. So, Ramona, how do we think this gets remedied? 
Look, there's a lot. This is the talk of the league right now between agents, teams, everybody involved in these kind of transactions because this situation with Ben Simmons was not good for anybody involved. Um, he has four years left on his deal. He had, his extension had, hadn't even kicked in yet. Um, and the precedent for this kind of a situation with, with teams giving these kind of contracts to, a, to players uh, only to see what happened with Ben and Sixers, hap- this, is a, this is an issue for a lot, of, a lot of teams and a lot of agents going forward. They're worried about the consequences. Like owners can use this against players to say, we need to have non-guaranteed contracts or sometimes but not, maybe not all your money will be guaranteed. Make it more punitive when somebody sits out. But I think we have to remember Remember, Ben lost $20 million. Yep. $20 million in fines. Now, he'll obviously try to get some of that back through arbitration. That's going to take a long time. He's happy in Brooklyn now. But that's a lot of money. And, you know, for Adam Silver to say, we've never, we, there's always been problems. Like, there's always been players who want to go elsewhere. There have, but there has never been a situation that took this long and cost this much mm. for either the player or the, or the franchise. And I think that's, that's really an issue going forward because you've seen James Harden do this now two consecutive years. Right. It's very disruptive for, to a franchise. The, the next CBA is, is a little ways off still, but it's definitely an issue that is getting talked about in GM meetings and amongst agents. You know, so, for me, I, I tend to be, uh, have an inclination to be very sympathetic towards players and athletes you know we both you know played sports and I I know where athletes often are coming from it's also worthwhile to mention and to discuss the the truth that you make a long-term commitment to an organization and now they if you are a true superstar they have built the entire team the roster all of the plans not just for this season but for the next few years out around you if if you break that contract it could set a franchise yeah. back for years to get over that and also it's 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 other players deciding, I'm going to go join that team because I believe in such guy. I think they have a future. We're going to build this together. There's, a, there's not only a breaking of trust to the organization, but also to fellow players, even the fans, you know, who might have bought in on a team or, you know, put money in and, and fans may not even have that much to put in towards a team. So there's a, a covenant of trust that's broken all around. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And both these teams for now yeah. seem happy, but that's generally not the case moving forward. We, we, we know that there's not always going to be this good feeling about how everything turned out. Still ahead, a must-see moment between two legends captured on camera. That's coming up in 60 seconds. Stay tuned to NBA Today. That laugh is great for Magic Johnson. Talk about nostalgia, but let's be honest, Mike would dust Magic one-on-one, right? I don't know. That hey, beg- we saw that in I, real life. I don't know. I don't know. That Magic begs the question. Which former player would you guys want to see most in a game of one-on-one versus Mike? So, Ramona, we'll start with you. Okay, we're saying peak right now. No, like, right now. Right now. Old Mike. Old Mike. Well, he's like 59, okay? Uh... I still want to see LeBron. I still want to see wow. LeBron and Mike. Like, that's the, that's the matchup. I mean, LeBron's peak. He's not in his peak right now, but he's close to it. But I want to see peak LeBron, peak Mike. Let's go. Since this is a dream scenario and a you know fantasy, what? my oh. bad, Perk, I want to say Kobe. Okay. I, I think, you know, both these guys in their prime is something that the world would want to see. Um, so I would say Kobe. Perk, 20 seconds. Go. I'm going, I'm going Dominique Wilkins and MJ, like at their age. Dominique's still in great shape. MJ's still in great shape. I like to see them in the one-on-one. Still? 
I'm going to go with Scotty. Scotty and oh, him have some issues yeah, right now. Oh, oh, on the floor. You're being yeah, petty. You're being right, petty. Everyone, George, you Thanks to Ramona, Matt, Victor, Blas, and everyone else. I'm George Sedano. Thanks for watching NBA Today. <laughs> uh.